You want to know where it falls from responsibilities here. Also, we had done a cost seg study with the thought process that we were going to hold this for the long run. So you want to see what the effect's going to be and how that's going to trickle down, not only to you, but to your investors overall. First, a quick word from our best ever partner, PropStream. PropStream is an all-in-one platform that gives you the tools you need to reach more leads, book more meetings, and close more deals with less work. With PropStream, you can find vacant and off-market properties in seconds, Nationwide or specific to any zip code, you can skip trace owner information, find cash buyers specific to an area, and find other investors to potentially partner with or fund your deals. PropStream provides you the comprehensive data and market insight you need to be at the top of your real estate game. PropStream also features state-of-the-art marketing tools that allow you to send out direct mail postcards and ringless voicemail. Even if you're not in real estate, PropStream can help you locate high net worth individuals to invest in your non-real estate business. Or if you are in real estate, then you can find them to invest in your real estate business. You can use this tool to find people who have millions of dollars in equity in their homes, and you can reach out to them via email, telephone, or snail mail. This is the perfect real estate investing tool for wholesalers and real estate agents, real estate investors, and entrepreneurs. I love how easy the PropStream website is to use. With a few clicks, you can review comps in the area or estimate rehab costs prior to purchasing a property. Act now to take advantage of the plethora of properties that have and will continue to hit the market during this time. And best ever listeners, do you know we got something special for you? You're going to receive a free seven-day all-access trial to experience all the features this powerful tool has, and you'll experience it firsthand. Just go to your 7 com. That's Y-O-U-R, the number 7, dayfreetrial.com. Get started with this. Get your 7-day free trial and start growing your business even more so than you have been. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into to any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Again, Jason Yerusi. How you doing, Jason? Doing great. Hey, Joe. Thanks for having me back. Well, my pleasure. And I said again, that's because Jason's been on the show a couple episodes, episode 1,538 and episode 1,788. And on a previous episode, Jason talked to us about a 94 unit that him and his team purchased with investors and it returned a lot of equity. And Jason, when you talk about it, you can fill in the gaps on how much equity was returned. And you did a refinance on that deal with the intention of holding on to it for a period of time. But newsflash, he did not hold on to it for a period of time or a longer period of time, I should say. Instead, he decided to sell it. So the purpose of today's episode is to talk about how do we think about the decision of should we hold on to this longer? What are the pros? What are the cons versus selling it and ex- exiting out of the deal if the deal is performing? So what are the things to consider? So a little bit about Jason. He founded Jerusi Holdings, which is a multifamily investment firm with over 800 units under management. He's a host of the Multifamily Foundation. He is based in Westfield, New Jersey. 
and website is urcholdings.com, which is in the show notes. So, Jason, you want to just give a refresher on the 94 units so we've got a little bit of context. And best ever listeners, you can go back. There will be links in this show notes for the previous episodes, so you can listen to those episodes if you want a refresher. But can you give us a refresher, and then let's go right into the thought process. Absolutely. So we brought this property back in May of 2017. It was our first large acquisition going from basically a three unit to this 94 unit. So it was the first property that we brought through syndication with our team. It was a great find. We found it through, we'll call it a distressed owner, but the owner had passed. His kids were now basically running the deal and they really didn't want to be in this industry. They didn't live in the state. So it was a prime product to really go in there and just improve the efficiencies of the property. The buildings themselves were in good shape, but we were able to add a lot of value really just through capturing the loss lease, getting rent bumps of really 100 to 125 per unit based on just the properties right across. And we did a number of savings programs on the property that we talked on prior episodes. After month 13, we had knocked out really the majority of the business plan. It was really month five or six that we had knocked out a big portion of all the capex when we had planned on that taking really conservatively between month 14 and 18, but really just got in there, knocked it out. And by month 13, we were able to refinance the property and pull out about 75% of the capital back to investors. So our plan and our thought process was great. Property was optimized. We were just turning the units, just capturing really on turning it classic units going forward. It wasn't an area that really called for premium units. So that's what we continue to do and really just improving on making this a better place for people to live. And we were accomplishing on that and we were building it through. Came up though, is that there was a large property around us and that large property was about 284 units. And that really dictated the way the area was going. And so one thing is that that submarket could warrant rubs, but because that owner had decided against it, he was basically controlling the narrative. He didn't want to do it. It wasn't in his game plan. So other owners who had tried, who had smaller properties around it, were really getting hit back because tenants were basically saying, well, I could just go over to this competing property that wasn't having this with the billing system for the property. That property, he started going in there and doing premium upgrades and capturing some of the rent. Then pretty quickly, he put the property up for sale and it took a minute, but he sold it at a pretty astonishing price point. Just really the market had grown so much and the path of progress was coming right down the pipe that we caught really just the wind of it moving along with us. So he sold this property at a very high price point and that price point alone really would serve well for our property. The biggest difference is he had a lot of two and three bedrooms where our property was predominantly one bedroom. So it was about 83 one bedrooms, 11 two bedrooms. Mm -hmm. But looking at the market and looking at where we were, we just had to give it a hard thought here. This was the best comp that was going to be there for us. And when we took it over, that owner was a lifer owner. He had no intention to sell. So we really said, okay, then we can track off that owner. But when he sold, he sold at such an attractive rate that we had to take a really hard look at our property, size down what we thought we could do and where we can go from that. And we had never had it in the business plan to do premium units. We didn't capitalize for that. And we're continuing to roll the property, doing classic units. We had turned about 65 of the units. So with that and with the way the market had grown, where cap rates had compressed and they were so very attractive debt, we decided that we were going to really just soft touch it to the market. We didn't list it. We didn't put it out there, but I had a number of connections where I reached out to about 10 people 
and just said, we're considering listing this property. We want to give you the first opportunity to have a look. And what we found was because you could get really attractive debt and you basically had 94 untouched units that can now be turned to premium units and there was not a lot of heavy lifting on the property that we had six offers come over. So we knew we were moving in the right direction. Looking at that, where we would sell at that point, we exceeded our investor expectations over a seven-year hold. So weighing on this cost and looking at the uncertainty that where we are, it makes us look great today, but where our thought process was that in year seven, we wouldn't have this good comp. And ultimately how attractive things are today that we probably wouldn't have the best market conditions. So now would be the ideal time to test the market, which we did. And we hit a very attractive number. Did you work with a broker? Ended up that I did work with a broker, but it was never listed. It was actually the same team who represented the seller when we brought it. I had worked with them on other transactions and I reached out to them and talked to them about the potential of listeners and they brought a buyer to the table. Sometimes I get a question from our investors whenever we have an opportunity and they ask, well, if the property's doing so well, why are they selling it? Why don't they just upgrade the units like you're going to upgrade the units? And you have explained in your business model, you just didn't have in the business plan to do those premium units. So you would either have to allocate some money from a refinance or supplemental loan, or you'd have to do a capital call, or you'd have to do a personal loan to the property in order to do that business plan. So you had a performing property but you just have a, had a different business plan than the buyer, right? That's correct. And what I felt is that with this business plan being to just simply go classic, that it did lead to a very attractive narrative for us to have a talk track for other buyers. Mm-hmm. So we could, but then it gets into us going through cash flow or going through reserves or just changing really the, the landscape of the property. But I also didn't feel that this area, although two and a half years really could make a big difference in an area, I didn't feel that the growth of this area could warrant 94 premium units and have all this go on and another 284 units going on where they were hitting all this rent bumps. And that the hard capture here is you have to think, okay, so if we do premium units, this is not a hundred percent change of the model. How many tenants are coming in this area that can afford these rent bumps? And that would be a pretty big change to our existing tenants base. And we didn't want to have to go through that hiccup where we're going to have some delta between the vacancy levels just to get those rent bumps. We felt this was an ideal time that another bullish buyer would come on board and they'd be able to implement this business plan and we'd be able to get the cash out to our investors at a very attractive rate. Were there any discussions about doing one or two rent premium renovations to prove that that business plan would work at your property? You know, actually, no. It moved so quick and I made a quick decision that I didn't want to go through the process there just for any reasons because I'd set my mind that this was the right time. And for whatever reason, I just moved quick on it with the prospect of it happening. And from a return standpoint with your investors, how do you think about that? Because there might be one or two of your investors or a small percentage of them who say, well, Jason, we're doing so well. We just killed it on this refinance. Why don't we just hold on to this puppy for the long run? What's the rush? Funny enough, I actually did not have any feedback in that response from any of the investors. I think because the way I laid it out, I said, 
listen, I feel that this is our best comp and this isn't going to be available again for us in four years. I also feel that the market conditions are the most favorable we've seen them. And just to think that we're going to have another four year runway here would not be a conservative thought process for me. So I'm making this decision that we're going to move forward to sell the property. And what it also point is it it's not like when we sold the property, we were at a big lag on where the potential returns would be. We actually were right at where our multiplier was going to be on a seven-year hold and we just crushed the IRR for where we were. So there wasn't much pushback from any level on the investor side. Anything else that you think we should talk about that we haven't talked about as it relates to the thought process you had when thinking about this decision to sell early? Yes, I would definitely talk to legal. I would definitely talk to your accountants. You want to know where it falls from responsibilities here. Also, we had done a cost seg study with the thought process that we were going to hold this for the long run. So you want to see what the effect's going to be and how that's going to trickle down, not only to you, but to your investors overall. You also want to have a survey with your investors too, because the narrative has to be that if we're going to give them back a chunk of money, they're going to have taxes they're going to have to pay, but ultimately they may not have another opportunity to put it into. Maybe they're fine with that. Maybe they'd like to have money back into their pocket, but ultimately you want to make sure it's not putting a large part of your majority base in some difficult position. But the group was very excited about it. They were very opportunistic about what's going forward next and where we stand today. It put us in a good light that we'll be ready for future opportunities quickly as they come about. How can the best of our listeners learn more about what you're doing? Go over to urcholdings.com, like you said. If you want to see me run 100 miles, 37 miles, somewhere in between, pretty frequently, go over to Jason Urusi at Instagram. I run a lot and we usually track it in some fashion. And we actually encompass the Multifamily Foundation podcast into our parent podcast. We almost call it our channel now, the Jason and Peely Project, because we were finding we were doing so much fitness, self-development, mental fortitude, along with the real estate that we really just wanted to bring that to the masses. Mm. Jason, I love following you. I, I'm not on Instagram, or I personally am not. I think my team on my behalf is on Instagram, but I personally am not. But I see you on Facebook, and I, we were talking before just how much of an inspiration you are for others and myself. I love seeing what you're doing from a fitness standpoint and just from a mindset standpoint. So thanks for sharing with us the thought process. Congrats on this deal and talking to us about the different components of what we should consider prior to moving forward or not moving forward with the sale early. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have the best ever day and talk to you again soon. Thank you. PropStream is an all-in-one platform that gives you the tools you need to reach more leads, book more meetings, and close more deals with less work. With PropStream, you can find vacant and off-market properties, locate potential investors, or gain invaluable market insight in seconds. PropStream also features state-of-the-art marketing tools that allow you to send out direct mail postcards and ringless voicemail, which will help you close more deals with less stress. Visit your7dayfreetrial.com to start your free trial and experience all the amazing features PropStream has to offer. That's your, the number seven, dayfreetrial.com. What if you could earn 10000 per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Gene Guarino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit ralacademy.com to learn more.